Hello, and welcome to the Bliss Smith Podcast. My name is Katie Smith, and here you will learn ways to find, forge, and follow your bliss by hearing stories from people like you on overcoming obstacles, diving deeply into passion, investing in yourselves and others, and uniting in gratitude to celebrate every last joy. I can't wait for you to listen. And we're recording. Great. Bye. Hi. How you doing? I'm so good. Is this how you start your show? Hi. I don't how know. you doing? Actually, yes. I think if we did a playback, it'd be like, I'm so excited. Everything. <laughs> Love oh. that the most. Did you recently tint your eyebrows? Uh, this is just a draw in. So with some pencil. Mm-hmm. It looks great. It looks great. Thank you. Thank you. I put them on uh, about 30 minutes ago because I was like, listen, I know it's a podcast, but like, we don't know what will happen with the video footage. We don't know that. It could go on YouTube. Mm-hmm. 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 I have this great, like half of my face aggressive lighting. So it's, it's perfect for YouTube. Is that sunlight or uh Yes, light? it's sunlight. It's sunlight. Oh. I moved my ring light because... It was just heating everything up and it's not meant to be on 24 seven, but I've been having it on 24 <laughs> seven. And I got these other lights and these other lights are just not the cutest. Mm. They turn yeah, off I after need, 10 minutes. I need something for this space for working. <laughs> I don't, it's, I don't get good sunlight in here. It's cool. We're cool. We're cool. Okay, hi. Hi. <laughs> okay, I did it again. <laughs> Um, all right. Thank you so much for coming to the Bliss Smith podcast. Um, people are already know what it is because they clicked on it intentionally, but just to make sure everyone is aware where they are, like, where am I? Um, and I'm so excited to have you. I This was a long time coming and I texted you the other day and was like, okay, time now. It's time. It should have been time a long time ago, but nope, it's right now. And you jumped on it with me, and I'm just so grateful. Um, and I think people will immediately know why it's so important that you are talking to me um, because of the light and glitter that you sprinkle into the world. Uh, which keep is, it coming. Keep yeah. it coming. Oh, I will. I got some up my sleeves, some just some little cutie compliments. Um, <laughs> So I would love if you feel comfortable to share uh, a bit about yourself. Yeah. Well, first of all, Katie, thank you so much for having me on the Bliss Smith podcast. I am so into you and so obsessed. And let it be known that you have been the hardest chase I have ever done to be on a podcast. Like, I I've, <laughs> I literally throw threw myself at you so many times and you finally <laughs> said yes and I'm so excited to be here. Um, so my name is Paul Fishman. Yeah. <laughs> um, my name is Paul Fishman. I am a self-love coach, business mentor, and you do you activist. And uh, my mission is really to remind people every single day that success and happiness come from saying yes to you first. And it's been me living that life and that journey over and over and over, picking myself up, falling flat on my face, doing it again and again, um, to come to a a really, really powerful realization that self-love is the best medicine. It is the place that we all must start. And I've made a living off of teaching people how to say yes to themselves. And it just feels so good to think that 10 years ago was when I just started learning about self-love and stepped into my own self-love journey. And now here I am supporting others doing just the same thing. That's so amazing. It has been, I've been around for a while, maybe half of the 10 years. And so I've seen a lot of the the evolution into what you've been interested in. When we first met, you were really into health and fitness, um, which is still a component of self-love, of course. Um, But to see you arrive and building your business around specifically self-love is so incredible to watch. And I know 
people and I know testimonials that share just how impactful your work has been. Um, so I'm excited. I'm really excited. So th the first thing I wanted to ask about was um, just maybe a, an even further definition of self-love. And I know you asked this on your podcast, which is what does self-love mean to you? Yeah. So we're turning the mirror around, baby. Ooh. And uh, <clears throat> and would love to hear you know your your definition sure so for me when i was thinking about self-love i went to the two words that make up this powerful statement and the word self is the individual it's individuality and love means devotion so self-love to me is devotion to your individuality devotion to what makes you you and you unlike anyone else and I think that this is just a really great place to start for anyone. A lot of times in the self-love journey, we get lost and we think we start doing it for other people, even though we started doing it for ourselves in the first place. And, and that's what really excites me about the idea of self-love. And, and as you said, I do ask this question on my podcast and I've had over 80 interviews on my podcast. And every single person has answered a different answer. And I think that just comes right back to what I'm saying, that it's knowing that your definition of self-love is going to be different than mine. And that is the actual, like, that's what it's supposed to be. If you are answering it like anyone else, then potentially it might not even be your answer. Dang. 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 Um, yeah, I, I think that's beautiful. And it is, it's, it's like, whatever that means to you, whatever you identify that you need to love more of, or need to let go of in order to, to embrace who you are. I think like, it's just such a broad spectrum. Um, and I'm sure your work is cut out for you when you have so many different clients, because everybody needs a different thing. Mm, yes. And it's also very interesting because we all on our self-love journey kind of like go through the same thing. And from my experience, everyone starts on a self-love journey after they realize that they've been living their life for other people, aka people pleasers. So like my ideal client if, is a, a people pleaser or like a recovering people pleaser or someone who's like in the game of putting other people before them uh, a lot of times moms are really like really struggle with people pleasing parents in general teachers um people at work who report to other people like all of us struggle because we've been raised in this world that teaches us to look for other people's validation and that's really where my journey of stepping into self-love coaching kind of was born because one day I woke up and I was at the time a personal trainer and I was with one of my clients and she says to me, Paul, I just need to lose three more pounds. And then the guy that I really love will love me back. And it was like this explosion in my head because I realized at that moment in time, we're all conditioned to look for external validation. And what would happen if we looked within first? We didn't do it for our parents. We didn't do it for our teachers, our bosses, our friends, our family, social media. We did it for us. And what, it was kind of like a social experiment at first. I was like, okay, what would happen if I just did everything for me? And a lot of people get stuck on this because like, well, that sounds really selfish, Paul. Mm -hmm. Like, look, that is so selfish. And I would kind of like to flip that on its head because what's more selfish? Waking up every day and saying, I'm going to do the thing that I know is gonna bring me joy and therefore bring everyone else joy, or I'm going to do the thing that I know is gonna bring everyone else joy and make me miserable. Yep. And your misery is the most selfish thing that you can do because when you are miserable what you are doing is you are unwilling to put yourself first 
and you're unwilling to actually step into the beauty that is sharing your yourself as your at your fullest potential with the world so i just have to kind of argue with everything that's been taught to us about self-love being selfish because it's not at all i literally wrote down a follow-up question when you started talking and it says self-love versus selfish and so it's it's such an easy talk track because we are conditioned to go oh, if you're thinking about yourself, you're not thinking about others. I was uh, listening to another podcast, podcast on podcast on podcast, and it was uh, Brene Brown and Glennon Doyle. And mm -hmm. Glennon Doyle said like one of the biggest compliments in, in history that you can give to specifically a woman, but I think it applies to many, is being selfless. And that idea of um, it's a great thing to give all of yourself and deplete all of your resources to others is so it can be so unhealthy. And I think we all have to train ourselves to, like you said, flip it on its head and say, oh, I actually need to take care of myself first. And in my case, that's when I allowed myself to do that more is because I knew that if I took care of myself, it would help me take care of others, which is something I'm so passionate about, just like you. But uh, I couldn't do it by, you know, depleting myself fully, which was what I was like, very good at doing. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. I mean, it's, it's, it's a really interesting time when we get to sit and unpack the conditioning that has been delivered to us as individuals over the course of our lifetime, whether that's from the media or from our parents, from school, from friends, right? We're conditioned to act a certain way because that's how the people before us acted and the people before them acted. And it's like this like pass down of thinking that, oh, well, you know, and this is like a really like masculine trait uh, or like father archetype moment where it's like, I'm sacrificing myself for my family. I'm working the job that I hate to make the money so that my kids can eat and go to the best schools and and just or just to get by and at the end of the day that builds up so much resentment towards the family regardless of what any father or our breadwinner of a family says it, there is always going to be resentment there especially if you're not doing something that you don't love so it's different though, if you were to be doing something you love and as a byproduct of that, you are therefore being able to support your family and do all the things that you've ever wanted to do with your life. It's two very similar storylines with very different outcomes. And I really wanna challenge all of you who are listening to see how you can bring in the latter outcome, how you can wake up every morning and say, you know what? I've been working this fast food retail job for the past 10 years, barely able to get by to support my family. All I want to do is be a writer. Okay, well, would you be willing to start writing today? Like actually doing it? Because I guarantee, like guarantee, full money back guarantee. I don't, there's you're not <laughs> investing any money in this, but I've got the, the guarantee, can't give you your time back, is that you will become a happier human and by being happier you will then attract the things in your life that are going to offer even more happiness period i love that it's also like um it's modeling it's modeling behavior sometimes the best way to help someone is to do it well yourself um i think about that a lot with my family and one time in one of my early sessions in therapy, my therapist was like, um, the best thing that you can do for your family is show them what success and happiness look like. I don't remember the exact words, but um, them knowing that I'm okay and that I'm working to be healthy may, may show them behaviors that they'd like to, um, to, to take on. And so, um, yeah. What, what do you think about that? 
So I, th I think you're really onto something. And I get this like so many times with clients. They're like, oh, I love this journey so much. I wish my husband would do it with me. Or I wish that my mom would just look in the mirror and say some of the mantras that you're, you're telling me to say. And I hear this and I'm like, okay, well, newsflash. And you know this, you can't change anyone but yourself. So what we get to do is show up as leaders, right? And I guarantee you, once again, with all these guarantees, I am really confident <laughs> here throwing this out here. And you can attest to this. I'm sure you can, Katie, that when you start leading and you start saying, you know, I'm going to put myself first. I'm going to get the college education. I'm going to start looking for the job that I really want to do. I'm going to start doing the hobby or like doing the side hustle that really brings me joy. The people in your life are going to have two very clear decisions, either to up-level with you or to peace out. Because it's uncomfortable to sit with your significant other or your friend or whatever who's like really big part of your life to watch them up-level and for you to stay stuck like that. And the people who are really ready to do the work will do the work or they'll just like stop. Yeah. And, and it's like, it's really none of your business what the other person does with their life. And I think this is a really hard concept to grasp for a lot of people. All you can do is focus on yourself. We get really hyper-focused on what other people are doing because it's easier to focus on other people than ourselves. It's easier to give advice than to take your own advice, right? That's why we say practice what you preach, but it's so challenging. It's easy for me to sit here and say all these things on this podcast. And then when I actually have to sit down and do the damn thing, well, you know, there's resistance that comes up. There is suffering. There is, you know, I could, I don't know. It, it's, it's a lot. And it's just the final anecdote that I have about this is like playing the blame game, right? We point our fingers out at so many people saying, you did this to me, you did this to me, you did this to me, and that's why I'm a certain way. Well, yes, that all may be true. What can you do to take your finger and point it back at yourself and say, now what can I do differently to make my life better? What, what ownership that can I take that is played into this narrative? Instead of just blaming everyone else being the victim, how can I take ownership and actually move the needle for my life and myself. So are you telling me that self-love isn't just about loving the parts that are already awesome, but also figuring out how to love the parts that you need to take ownership of? Uh-huh, yes. Was that a rhetorical no. question? <laughs> <laughs> I did kind of answer it. But like, <laughs> this is one of the pieces that I struggle with and I'd love to hear more from you is, um, I can like celebrate my happy things about myself all day long, but when I'm forced to look in the mirror and do some like, ooh, I'm flawed in this way, or ooh, I haven't done that right in the past, it almost paralyzes me into wanting to go further down that path. Um, and I'm sure that a lot of the work mm. that you do is around that stuff. It's not just like, hey, you're you're um, you're really smart. Celebrate that you're smart. It's like you could do this better. Yeah. Well, um, this is a big piece. So in my program, um, there's, there's five parts to the program. The first part is self-discovery. The self-discovery piece blows all of that stuff out of the water because basically what we're doing is we're taking a look at how you're living your life now and how you really want to be living your life. And what's the difference between those two things? And um, it's really, really important to get uncomfortable because, and I'm, I'll share my growth edge right now. And a growth edge is when like, you're at the edge of a cliff, you see like 10 feet above you where you want to be. And it's just like taking the leap and trusting that you're not going to fall to your doom. You're going to grab a hold of that ledge, jump extra high. Like, why did I think that I could jump 10 feet? But you do it somehow magically. <laughs> and it's that trust in yourself. So right now, I have built my business 
on organic traffic without any sort of like marketing plan. I've built it fully on my personality. And now I have to step out of my wheelhouse, out of my comfort zone, and I have to make a plan because I'm heading into like a big relaunch of my program. I've got a website redesign that's coming in the middle of July. And then I'm going hard with giving people different opportunities to work with me and, and making it easier to access the information that I've been working on and creating for the past three plus years. And it's terrifying for me because I'm like, well, it's worked this much. Why can't it work again? And people will suffer. We will suffer for as long as we are willing to suffer. So I could choose to suffer through not having a plan. I could choose. It's not going to go as well. I know in my core that what is going to change my business is actually sitting down and making like a marketing plan and like scheduling out instead of just like randomly throwing things out there. It's actually like, what am I posting today? What am I doing? And this is like my growth edge. This is the up leveling. This is me saying self-love, you know, instead of, instead of creating a brand new program and um, rebranding everything to be completely different. Why not just like get really, 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 really crystal clear on like this exact thing. So it's, um, it's just a, a constant battle because we could talk about one of my clients, right? And she, when she started, uh, when she came to me, her cycle of self-sabotage was she had just lost like 80 pounds and, but she was unwilling to celebrate herself. And she was in the cycle of working out where she would work out, but the only way that she would feel confident going to work out is she had a new pair of Lululemon leggings. And the only way that she would feel okay buying another hundred plus dollar pair of leggings was if she had gone out to brunch and had a couple of mimosas before she went shopping. And she would then feel guilty about going shopping and drinking the mimosas so she would have to work out. But the only way she would work out is she had the leggings. So it was like this cycle, this cycle that of suffering and self-sabotage that we got to take an ax and slice. And what we realized was that these were all her desire to belong within the community. And she thought that she would only be able to belong if she was X a certain weight, if she had a certain athletic wardrobe and if she had like a certain lifestyle that was like I can go buy a new pair of leggings whenever I want and when we dismantled that suffering and that self-sabotage cycle we found underneath it like I said she just craved belonging and it's because she didn't belong in her own self she didn't feel like she belonged in her own body because she hadn't celebrated the weight loss that she had went through and that in itself is like a perplexing idea for a lot of people. Wait, I have to celebrate myself? What? Celebration? And that's why in my program, I challenge every single person to celebrate every damn day. Because if you're not celebrating yourself for like the big things, like if you aren't celebrating yourself for finally like giving in to me, bothering you to let me be on your web, your podcast. <laughs> like if I'm not celebrating the, this beautiful, um, office that I built from like, it took it took me like nine months to decorate this office if I'm not celebrating that then there's no actual joy in it and we're just moving on for the next fix so it's like slowing down getting crystal clear with why you want the things that you want and then noticing that if you're not receiving the things that you want 99.9% of the time you're the one to blame yeah, it's a harsh reality. Um, I've it talked sucks. about it. It's brutal. I've talked about it with you. I've talked about it with um, just on this podcast. Like there are so many things that I have done to lay out roadblocks and that aren't real. Um, like even today, so we're doing it remotely because COVID um, and because we live in separate places. But um, I, this is my first one on the phone because I was like, oh, that's like terrifying. And I literally am doing the same behavior that I would do on a work call. Like nothing was that hard to set up today. Um, mm. But I created this nasty um, just blocker because I, I was afraid to keep 
pushing forward. Yeah. Mm -mm. Yeah. And, and what, what good comes from that? What good comes from the fear? It's like, and it's interesting because in your mind, like we can dream up so many exciting things, right? Like we can dream up, oh, you know, my, my self-love program, it's going to be a six figure launch this time. And it's going to be so fun and easy. And I can dream about it and I can feel it. And then when it actually comes to setting up some of these processes to make it happen, I'm like, that's too much. That's too hard. I'm just going to do it the old way. Right. Why it does like, why, why do we feel so called to step into something that like makes things, we make things a lot harder than they are mm-hmm. by trying to simplify them. Which is right. <laughs> yeah. We, we make things hard for so many reasons. And it's like, if we're, the world is already out there trying to make shit harder. And, and I don't mean that in a pessimistic way. It's, it's life is hard. Um, can be hard. Um, and so for us to add an additional layer of our own restraints is like, come on. Come Not on. cute. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm going to have to post a photo of your beautiful office because it is worthy of people seeing what you're talking about. So how has the definition or the approach to self-love evolved or been impacted by um, 2020. So Mm -hmm. COVID being, you know, having to work from home, having to be um, away from your family and friends, um, you know, there's so much angst and and so much social unrest um, that, Uh, I know even for myself, self-love is hard right now um, because I'm in a constant mental spiral. Mm. Sometimes it's good, but sometimes it ain't so good. Mm. So I'd love to hear like themes that you're seeing on how it's impacted you and others. Um, And yeah, just maybe helping people understand that they're not alone in this crazy time. Yeah. Well, so first of all, I think that it's really important to actually um, touch on self-love and self-care because there's, they're two very different things. And I see that self-care is actually being really thrown to the wayside, especially um, because we are spending more time in front of screens, in front of our phones, in front of the TV. And so Self-love is a mental, emotional act. Self-care is a physical act, plain and simple. So first of all, we have a lot of people getting these confused, thinking that, oh, I'm taking a bubble bath, that's self-love. That's actually self-care. And the thing about self-love and self-care is that they cannot happen without the other. So for instance, if you were to go take a bubble bath, and you're in the bath and all you're thinking about is all of the work that you should be doing or that you shouldn't be in the bath. You should be you know, responding to emails or you should be working out or you should, 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 should. First of all, like should is my least favorite word in the entirety of all languages because it's so shame inducing and it's so disempowering. And it also gives you a massive excuse, like an excuse to not do it. So when you're sitting in the bathtub and you're not enjoying yourself and you're thinking that you should be doing other things, what you are doing to your body is you are no longer taking care of it. You are putting yourself in a responsive mode. And because of this, you might as well get out of the bath and do the things because it's counterproductive and it's just a waste of time. So if you're thinking, oh, wow, I've been self-caring all wrong, all you have to do to switch this is create like a simple mantra to think to yourself while you're taking care of yourself. I am so grateful that I have the space in my day to take a bath. I'm so grateful that I have a bathtub. I am so grateful that I have someone who can support me and take care of the kids while I do a five, take a five minute bath, right? Like I'm so grateful that I had the courage to ask 
myself to do this for me. And because you are injecting gratitude into your self-care, it changes everything. And this is what I have a lot of clients come to me and they realize that they've been self-caring all wrong. And for a lot of people, it's like this mind blow moment. So taking this into this 2020 COVID, um, civil rights, everything feeling just like on its head. The real question is, you know, are you taking care of yourself? And are you using the opportunity to focus on other people wearing a mask or other people staying six feet away from you or, you know, um, police brutality, all these different things that are coming up and really important social issues. Are you using all of those things as an excuse to ignore yourself? Because I actually just posted this awesome, or I think it's awesome, um, Twitter thread where it's like what to do when someone tells you that self-love is selfish. And it's like, what about me loving myself triggers you? What about this person not wearing a mask or not taking this as seriously as you makes you feel unsafe? What about that whole experience triggers you? What about an entire people being you know, oppressed and targeted, what about that triggers you to the point where you can't function? Because so much of us have trauma built up around all of these things. You know, it's all about fear. It's all about, it's all about like fear of death, right? Like whether you're gonna catch COVID and die or you're gonna walk out and protest and be killed and everything in between. So it's really, for me, and I also have the privilege to think of this, think of it this way, and I really want to name that because for some of us, the, the privilege of 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 refocusing our mindset just isn't a reality, and I'm very conscious of that, and um, I'm open and willing. If you're listening to this and you're like, Paul, I don't have the privilege to, you know, take a moment to turn away from racism because I experience it every single day. I would love to at least hold space for you so so we can talk and I can sit with you and hear that. So please do not hesitate to send me an email or DM me on Instagram at Paul Fishman, because I know that this isn't a one size fits all conversation, especially being a white male, like I'm on like the the highest tip of this pyramid. And I mean, I am gay, but that's like, I'm also like cisgendered, heteronormative looking so it's like it's not a um we could talk a lot about privilege when what i just the message that i want to drive home is that every day you do get to make specific decisions for yourself regardless of of where you lie on any spectrum of any of these things that are coming up and i just want you to sit and ask yourself is there something that I can do today for me that is going to bring me joy? And therefore, impact others that way. For instance, if you're going out and protesting, do that because it brings you joy. Don't do that to be performative. Don't do that because all of your friends are doing it. Do that because it brings you joy. And a lot of people have found so much joy in that. There's also a lot of people who are being super performative in their allyship. There's a lot of people who are posting to social media, um, sharing all of these things that don't line up with their own beliefs. And I believe that in this, really what 2020 is to me is a massive opportunity to up-level and really get super aligned with your individuality and what you stand for. Because we don't need 100% of everyone in this planet focusing on like being on the ground protesting or like 100% of the people looking for a vaccine for COVID, right? We, we wouldn't get anywhere. What we need is some people who are being philanthropic, some people who are, you know, creating educational pieces. We need some people who are on the ground fighting for these things. We need some people who are just, um, you know, talking within their own communities, their families, 
And that's the thing, once again, when we start comparing ourselves to others, AKA being a Compare-Dashian. Yes, I knew it was we, gonna come. <laughs> <laughs> all we're doing is we're setting ourselves up for failure. So it's just a gentle reminder that even the way that you are going to treat your day-to-day -day life working from home is gonna be completely different than mine, completely different than Katie's, completely different than your roommates, your friends, your family, your significant other. There, there's no way that we can continue on the cycle of comparing ourselves to anyone and trying to figure out one way to do it right. There isn't just one way to do anything right. And that's what like social media has done to us is we're trying to convince that my way is the only way to do it. If you're not doing it my way, then you're wrong. And this is like the political, like the debate between the left and the right and so much. And it's just like, no one is accepting that all of us collectively are different and therefore coming together, we can create something more powerful instead of all of us trying to be Kim Kardashian. Right. That is, that's really powerful. And it's definitely something I've been learning through this really, really long journey of 2020. Um, that if I were to compare myself to how everybody else was handling things, which I have, um, I would be exhausted. Um, mm -hmm. and, and I wouldn't be authentically making the best, most impactful changes that I can. Um, and I think that, and I hear when you say, you know, your example about like people protesting, um, people donating, um, the actions are important, but channeling the actions that most um, fit you and what, um, what you feel, is it most comfortable doing or like, how do you, can you explain that again? I yeah. just wanna make sure it's really clear. Absolutely. So uh, it's interesting that you bring up the word comfort because comfort mm -hmm. in itself can kind of be the killer of, of really creativity. It can be the killer of like any real change because all our brain and our ego wants us to be as comfortable. And mm -hmm. your comfort might be currently in this moment of being physically and mentally exhausted because you are comparing yourself to how everyone else is dealing with it. And that might actually, that might actually be comfortable for you. And what I want to say about comfort is like on the other side of comfort is more comfort, but you got to get through the discomfort <laughs> first. And that's why this cycle, we're, that's why self-love isn't finite. That's why anything worthwhile isn't finite, right? You think of like someone who accumulates a lot of wealth. If you don't continue like reinvesting that wealth or, or creating new revenue streams or whatever it might be, the money is going to go away eventually right? Wealth isn't finite. Or if you go to like, if you're saying, oh, I want to get a six pack, you get a six pack and they're like, oh, I've got a six pack. Okay, I'm not going to go to the gym. I'm not going to eat well. Anything. The six pack's going to go away. Like the things that we most desire in life, they're not finite. You're not going to get it one day and I have to continue working at it. So I would encourage you if you're sitting here listening to this and you're like, okay, Paul, this is like, um, this is a lot. There's a lot to think about. I've been thinking that I've been doing it all right, but you're, you're destroying everything that I thought to be true about my life. And that me actually sacrificing myself is the worst thing I can do for me and not what I thought the best thing that I could do for my family, right? So when it comes to this idea of being comfortable, why, why do we as humans desire being comfortable? Well, it's from like thousands and thousands of years ago when our brain functioned in two different ways, fight, flight, and some could even say freeze. So when you are in not having to fight or not having to run away, you're in that safe space. And our brain is always gonna try and keep us from that safe space. So once again, if your safe space is comparing yourself to other people, mentally, emotionally exhausted, because you're just on social media all day long. What would the, what would 
the other side look like? Would it, what would be different? And do you think that like taking a social media break would be good? Like taking a day off of social, like try that out, see what that actually brings up for you. Because at first your brain is going to be like, yeah, that sounds great. Then your body's going to start getting excited. Then your brain's going to be like, oh, no, 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 no. That's too much. That's too much change for us. I don't want that anymore. So then here we are looking at ourselves in the mirror being like, I don't, I don't know what's going on today because I'm not on social. And then really sit with that. Are, mm -hmm. Is that bad? Like, is this discomfort actually uncomfortable? Right. It's like, it, I can't truly like answer the question because it's so different for all of us. I would just really challenge you if you're listening to this and you want to have like a real like moment of thinking about like, oh, you know what? What can I do differently right here and now? It's like, write down what feels really comfortable for you right now and look in those things and see if any of those things are like, if you're looking and you're like, that, that's not something that I really am meant to be comfortable in, right? Like it's comfortable spending nine hours a day on my cell phone. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, and I think was that's that helpful. This, it was, it was, and I, I think the the twenty twenty is all discomfort. You said it, you know. One thing is like fear of death, um, and and I would also say that just all of it is uncomfortable change, inability to, you know, go to a certain place whenever you want, or see your friends whenever you want, or um you know, so many small examples of just like how this change is so uncomfortable and um, allowing yourself to sit in that discomfort um, and, and, and grow from it, I think is, is, is great, great advice. Yeah, I yeah. think so too. I know you do, boo. Um, wow, well, we've hit a lot and I, um, don't want to keep you here forever slash I do slash um actually I, I did want to hit on one more point around this um it's also something I picked up in one of your podcasts was um during COVID like this what did you need to let go of and I think that um you talked about um needing to have control and um I think that's control is another way that we stay comfortable. Yeah. So I'd love to hear more about like how people can be okay with being out of control. Well, it's really the only way that we're going to be able to get through all of this. And, and, and ultimately this is why we are all struggling so much because it's all out of our control. It's not there. Nobody controls this. Right. And, and that's why you see all of these like conspiracy theorists and all of the articles and you name it out there. Like even like Bill Gates, like people are trying to control the narrative, but nobody knows, you know, mm -hmm. and he, like, because it's, it's not like, it's not something physical that we can see right? We can't see this virus, right? So you really right. like, you can go out, you can wear your mask, you can do whatever you want. But if I believe that, and this is what has kind of given me some, some solace during this time, it's like, A, I've really worked through my fear of death. And like, and that in itself was just like a long process that, you know, took some, some deep healing work. Um, B, it's like, if you're meant to go, you're meant to go, you know? And like, and I know that that's like a really hard thing to grasp for a lot of people because we just want to say, okay, well, I'm going to, you know, I read an article about a guy who like quarantined and he went and mostly had all of his groceries delivered. He went to the grocery one time and he got sick. It's like you, that, that we could do everything. We could control everything about our day and if we're meant to, you know, be a part of this disease physically, it's gonna happen. And, and I think that it's something that a lot of people just don't wanna look at this, cause you're releasing all of control to something that is like so small, but also so big. So how do we live a life where we aren't 
trying to control because it's like, and that's what we were talking about earlier when it's like pointing your finger out, you know, like at all these people, like, you know, our president is doing, isn't doing a good enough job. You know, this person doesn't know what they're talking about. This person does. It's everyone's reality is their own reality. Mm-hmm. So whatever helps you sleep at night, I challenge you to believe that and know that that's your truth and it doesn't have to be anyone else's truth for it to be true. This is like a really interesting concept that I've been really expanding, you know, like even in like my relationship with my husband, right? Like my truth around entrepreneurialism and the joy that it brings me is not his truth at all. And that's okay. Mm -hmm. It's when we get really, really caught up in loving our life experience so much that we want everyone else to experience it. And the only way that we know how to experience life is how we experience it. The way that I experience life is not gonna be the way that my husband experiences life ever, period. We might be able to go through it joint, but even if we do the exact same experience, he's gonna experience it differently. Right. The same trip, the same food, the same whatever. Like he makes us dinner most nights, I experience it so differently than he does because he created it and I'm receiving it as a gift from him. So it's a completely different experience with the exact same thing. And the fact that we as humans are silly enough to think that we can control anyone else's experience is what really is causing a lot of us to lose sleep at night and even controlling our experience. So it's like, there's no real answer to the, the question other than release your need to control because the only thing that you can control is how you show up and how you allow these things to make you feel. I love that. That's so important. And I think it it goes back to the people pleasing. I think if you're a people pleaser, uh, hello, that's me. Um, You really, really, really want to control the experience of others because how they feel impacts you um you know same with being empathetic which i think are very closely tied it's like i i need to control that experience because their sadness will impact me or their happiness will impact me um so i love that i think that's really really helpful so can you leave me and us, all of my millions and millions of listeners, um, if you build it, they will come. Um, can you explain to all of us out there um, a couple ways um, to practice self-love? Sure. So my favorite, there are three pieces to the puzzle. And actually, um, if you hear these and you're just like, huh, I really wonder which one would work best for me. Um, you can head to my website, paulfishman.love forward slash quiz. And um, I have this quick five question quiz that you can take that um, will give you the exact self-love practice that you are, that's going to work best for you. And um, it's, it's just really, it's really fun, really quick. And then I'm going to send you that thing. So um, my favorite, favorite way to practice self-love is the mirror mantra. And within the mirror mantra, it's, I created this beautiful mantra that I challenge you to look in the mirror and say these words to yourself. I'm going to say them now. Okay. I give myself permission to be okay with where I am. I honor the journey and know that I am doing my best. I love and accept you. I love and accept you. I love and accept you. So when you say these words to yourself, like looking at yourself in the mirror, most people on the first time, they can't even get through the words because it's like so different than anything we've ever done, right? Like most of the time we're saying like, I love and accept me. But if you're looking in the mirror, I love and accept you. Okay, and actually look at your eyes. So um, if you want that specific mantra, head to my website and just sign up for the email newsletter. It's also the link in my bio in uh, Instagram at Paul Fishman and uh, check it out because try it out. I'll send you the mantra. 
You can print it out, put it on your mirror, do it when you wake up in the morning. You might cry, you might laugh. It's, it's a great way to practice self-love. And, uh, and then just like another great question to ask yourself before you do anything is like, if, does this bring me joy? You know, pull a Marie Kondo moment. Does this experience bring me joy? Because if it doesn't bring you joy, why are you doing it? And if you have the opportunity to not do it anymore, then fight for that opportunity. Ooh, there are people listening that are going to go, oh boy, I got to put my big boy or girl panties on and go after my dreams. Yeah, yeah. And listen, I want to, I want to hear about that. And this, this is the kind of stuff that excites me. Like when you listen to the, the show and you're just like, oh, wow, Paul's message shook me to my core. Like send me a DM on Instagram at Paul Fishman. Uh, you can also text me if you want, 619-202-8353. We can get texting. And uh, if you join my text community with that number, don't worry, Katie, we'll link it in the show notes. It's also on my website. Um, you can, uh, I send out a weekly mantra or thought provoking something for you to just like experience life in a different way. And I, and I want to know, I want to know. So I'm just grateful for you being willing to listen to this message and take it as your own. Well, I cannot think of a better thing that is needed in the world than loving yourself right now and I'm so glad that you are leading the charge <laughs> and I am so blessed that I get to be not only uh, a friend but uh, someone who can receive this gospel um, and so um, I'm so proud of you and I'm so so just grateful 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 I'll say it a thousand times um, so thank you for being here and um, love you love you the most thank you so much for having me yes all right love you bye bye